So this is one of the Ebenezer moments in my life. And it's a stone set to remember the Lord's divine help and His divine intervention in Emily's life. And I need this Ebenezer because I forget. I forget the good things that He's done. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope. I'm Robin, and I am here with Lindy and Katie, and we are your podcast host. And today we are bringing you a story from Katie, Texas, from their live gathering, and it is Emily Skaggs. And she is talking about one of my favorite topics, which is dreams. Emily's story is the perfect way to kick off the Christmas season. We've been through Thanksgiving and we're now into the holiday season. And her story is about the good gifts that God gives each one of us. I hope as you hear her story, you'll recognize the gifts that God has given you and you'll remember and walk in thankfulness. Here's Emily. We have one last thing before we get to today's story, and that is announcing our Patreon winner for the sweatshirt. Y'all, we had several of you join in the month of November, and we are so thankful because literally every penny helps us to grow storytellers and for more women and men to hear stories of hope. And so our winner for November is Cheryl Dexter. And y'all, she was actually the last one to join Patreon in the month of November. So we are thrilled for her. Cheryl, we will send you your sweatshirt. And don't forget, you still have one more week. Next week, we will choose a winner of all of our Patreon members. And so there are over a hundred of you and one of you will be winning a super cool Storytellers Live sweatshirt. So join today and we will give it away next week. Well, I'm Emily Skaggs. It's good to be here with you guys this morning and to meet some new faces. I am a wife to Joel. He's my college sweetheart from Texas A&M, which I wanted to throw in since we had such a wonderful weekend this weekend. Um, I'm a mom to four awesome kids. My daughter Ella is almost 16, ready to drive. We're really excited about that at our house. I have a son, Seth, who's 13. Another little guy, Kyle, is just turned 11. And then my baby, Jackson, is eight years old. A little bit about me, I'm a seventh generation Texas. Our people came over, you know, and just decided we would all stay. And I love everything Southern. I love peach cobbler. I love Texas barbecue. I love sloppy Tex-Mex. Um, I love the Aggies. Um, I love Southern hospitality and, um, and I love country music. I'm also a dog mom. I don't know if that resonates with anybody here, but um, I love to have a rainy day. This is exactly what I'm going to do when I get home. I'm going to go home. I'm going to grab a cup of coffee. I'm going to get on the couch with a blanket and put my puppy in my lap. I love to laugh. There's so much in life to laugh about. And with four children, goodness knows we have stories about um, things they've done. I know you all do. Laughter is a big part of my relationship with my husband. We were very good friends and made each other laugh quite a lot before we fell in love and chose each other. Um, I'm a sports mom. My um, 90% of the past five years of my life have been in a volleyball gym. My daughter is a competitive. Then with three little boys, I think we have all the gear and all the wagons and all the seats to uh, accommodate any sport you can imagine. We've tried it all. So I'm also a musician. Um, I grew up singing and playing the piano and um, I love to harmonize. I've been a worship leader um, in the Houston area for about 20 years and I love to, to sing and I love any type of music. Something else about me is I'm a special needs mom 
And different from choosing a peach cobbler or where to eat Tex-Mex or what type of dog to get or what sports my kids are going to play, this is not something I chose, but rather the Lord chose it for me. And it's part of my story. And I know you're probably thinking, well, Emily must be very special. You must be very special because the Lord chooses special parents to parent these special needs kids. And it's absolutely not true. I'm not special in any way. I'm not any better than any of you. I'm not any kinder. I'm not any more equipped. When we were given this wonderful gift, this sweet little boy, I did not know what I was doing and many times felt like I was behind the ball, as we do with many of our typical kids. God chose this for me. He chose it for us when my little guy Seth was born. He's now 13. But he was born in May of 2008 with an extra copy of the 23rd, 21st chromosome, which means that he has Down syndrome. And he was the sweetest little round pink thing at 6 pounds and 12 ounces and the fattest baby in the NICU, they said. And we were absolutely shocked to have this change in expectations in our home and in our family, but very quickly learned that this was a sweet gift from the Lord. You know, when babies come, raise your hand, you probably read um, what to expect when you're expecting. Um, did you get the sequel, what to expect the first year? I got, yeah. And the checklist, you know. Oh, the baby, she smiles at six weeks. We're good, we're good. Um, there is not a what to expect the first year of a baby with Down syndrome book. As a matter of fact, there's a little paragraph in the back of the what to expect when you're expecting about Down syndrome, but there's not a lot of information available. And goodness knows, I wish I had a manual when that baby was born because there was a lot of, I don't know, so there was a lot of scouring the internet, going to the library because that's what we did back then because Amazon wasn't doing its thing. There was a lot of doctor's appointments and therapists and just trying to get information. And at the time, Joel and I went to one of the largest churches in Houston and I was a worship leader there and we knew so many people and um, we only knew two families that had a child with Down syndrome. Um, we had a lot of people that would say, well, I have a friend or I have a cousin or a friend of a friend that has a baby with Down syndrome, but there wasn't really anybody in our life that was walking the same road we were walking. And while we had a wonderful church family and a lot of friends and support, really kind of felt like we were navigating it alone. I mean, certainly as the mom, as the primary caretaker, I felt that way with lots of doctor's appointments and therapists coming in and out of our home three to four times a week. Eventually, they said, you know, you're going to need to find a place out in the suburbs one day. We lived in West Houston, close to my husband's job at the time, and I loved living in town because it was close to everything, and I felt fancy, um, you know, being in the hot spot. And, but doctors would say, you know, you're going to need to find a way out in the suburbs where special education resources will be more readily available, and hopefully you'll find more community uh, with families similar to yours. So we knew that that would be a possibility one day, um, but I don't love change, and I love my home, wherever it is. And at the time, we were living in our first home that we'd bought after having thriving careers. Not really, um, but <laughs> we were living in a sweet little 1970s neighborhood in, in downtown Houston, and, and I loved it. We, we saved money for this first home. I painted the door red the minute we moved in. Um, I painted the walls yellow because it was 2000, and that was a fancy color back then. My house is white and gray. Everybody calm down now. Um, but we're 
we're where we should be. Um, but I love that house. I love the hibiscus flowers that wrapped around the front porch. You know, I mean, I worked those little flower beds and went to Home Depot and got my um, begonias in there and all the good things. It was a special place. It's where I brought my babies home. Um, home was a happy place for me. It was a comfortable place for me. And Right a little bit after Seth was born, crime really rose in the area where we were living. And I no longer felt safe walking through the neighborhood and things were just kind of changing and that was discouraging. And one day in the middle of noon when I took the kids to go grab lunch and I came home, my doors were busted in front and back, our alarm system had been beaten down and we'd been robbed in the middle of the day. And it was completely disarming for me because my happy place and my comfort zone now became a scary place and an, a place that just triggered anxiety for me. So my husband and I, you know, really without thinking further, we just said, well, it's time to move. I mean, everybody said we need to get out to the suburbs anyway. Anyway, let's, let's go ahead and do that. So we put our house on the market fairly quickly and we didn't think that it would sell um, at the time because it was Thanksgiving. Not a time I would recommend putting your house on the market because Christmas falls Thanksgiving and it's busy. But we did and um, just said, okay, Lord, if you want to sell our house and if you want us to move, then, you know, we trust you with it, expecting it would take a few months. But our house sold immediately. It was kind of, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? So. We got a babysitter, we found a realtor, we headed out to the burbs, and we looked at as many houses as we could in a day, and looked at them online, of course, and we made a decision, and by 10 p.m. on a Saturday, we had put an offer in on a house, and I came home, and it's just kind of, oh my gosh, what just happened? You know, it was a whirlwind to me. It was, it felt rushed, it felt fast. It's funny because I was talking to my husband last night about it, and I said, that was the fastest decision. He said, no, it wasn't it. We looked at that house online like 10 times. And, you know, like, I didn't know where the towels were going to go. You know, that, it was, it was hard for me. I, I hadn't had enough time. Okay, so we chose a house. So, you know, it was Thanksgiving, and I have a toddler, and I have an infant, and I'm packing the house, and I'm getting ready to move, and, and this, this house that we're purchasing is maybe really going to stretch our budget, and that's scary. We haven't done that. And I was stressed, just like you probably have been when you're packing and moving, because you know as mama, um, it really kind of falls on you. So... I was stressed and, and I, I didn't sleep a lot. And this was before melatonin and lavender oil were a thing. So, you know, a lot of laying in bed at night, just staring at the ceiling, what's gonna happen? I, I love to be in control. I love to know what's gonna happen. I love to have all the details. And it just felt kind of out of control. Those worries and fears turn to prayer because that's what I've always been taught to do, but it's definitely not the first thing I go to. Um, I always go to worry first. But those things turned into prayer eventually when you stay up long enough. And, and I began to pray, Lord, just would you just show us, show us that this really is the place for us? Would you just open doors, continue to open these doors with the title company and all the things, right? And just close it shut, close it down, shut it down if this is not where you want us to be. You know, how we know, like, is this the right place for Seth? Is this the right place for our family? Will there be people out there that are like us? Because this is a big move. For, you know, I know it's just from Houston into Katy. But in my world, I was moving to another town. And I didn't know anybody. 
you know, will we find anybody out there like us? And so over the course of the packing and moving, um, I had a wild dream one night. And I dreamed that we moved into the new house and we met a family that lived next door and they had a little boy with Down syndrome and he loved to play basketball. And he played basketball with my husband and we became fast friends and it was so vivid and it was so real. And you know, I woke up and I just kind of meditated on it and it just kind of kept coming back to me. It just felt so real. Like I knew these people and it kind of gave me comfort, you know, just like with the hope that, okay, like maybe Lord, you will provide somebody there that would be a resource to me, some community. I, I kind of kept that as a sweet little dream and a little nugget in my back pocket as I would pack and moving day came along and, and we got to closing and the lady that purchased our house just so happened to be a speech therapist. And they're very familiar with children with special needs and with Down syndrome particularly. And she said to me, she said, do you guys have a little guy with Down syndrome? I was looking through the pictures in your house when I was trying to buy it. And I said, yes, yes, we do. And she said, well, where are you moving? And I, I told her our, our new home and what schools we would be going to. She said, oh, how wonderful. You have found the right spot. That is going to be a perfect place for your family. And it brought me such comfort because I thought, Lord, you have given me a sign. You've given me confirmation. And it was a sweet gift that I tucked away in my heart. So after we bought a house, or sorry, sold a house, and then you have to wait an hour where you're homeless, the title company comes in and you can buy the next house. Uh, my husband and I went to have lunch at a place around the corner from our new home to celebrate. We were eating together and a, a little family came and sat right next to us. And it was a mother and a grown daughter who had Down syndrome. And I just looked at her and just kind of got tearful. I was stressed. And um, I said to my husband, I said, I just need you to know that I have prayed and asked the Lord just to show me in some way that this was the right move for us, that this was the right timing, that this was the right place, that it was going to work for Seth, it was going to work for us. And I said, you know, like the little girl that bought our house, he said, yeah, she's a speech therapist. Yeah, okay, I get it. And I said, you know, I just kind of felt like that was the Lord showing me that we got a good spot. She affirmed our decision. And, and then seeing this little mother and daughter, just so normal and just having such a great time. And we don't really, haven't seen this in town ever. And it's kind of good timing on God's part here. And he said, yeah. And so kind of eating along. I said, I just, I'm just going to tell you one more thing. I said, I just, I had this really weird dream a couple weeks ago. And I told him about the little boy playing basketball and whatnot. And the thing that's so key about basketball for the dream was when Seth was born, my husband is a basketball player. He played all competitively in high school and then for fun in, high, in college, but he's a big basketball athlete. One of his expectations that changed when Seth was born is he wondered, would he ever play competitively? Would he ever get to enjoy that game with his son? We didn't know what, you know, opportunities or abilities Seth would have. So anyway, I told him that, you know, in my dream, we had a family living next door to us, a little boy playing basketball and he had Down syndrome and you got to play basketball with him and everything worked out and it was just sweet. And he just listened and he said, yeah, you know, he said, um, that's really, that's really sweet, Em. He said, but he said, you know, you have been so tired. And I said, oh, I know. <laughs> he said, I know you're exhausted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as we go home, I called my mom and I shared all of this with her because I was just thinking, you know, like, so sweet of the Lord just to give me these affirmations along the way to show me that he cared. 
So the next morning we're packing up our house and I'm the last one to arrive because I have to sweep the floors and clean the toilets one more time so that she's impressed with my cleaning skills when she gets into her new house. <laughs> and um, Taipei. And um, I uh, had the little ones in the car with me and Joel was at the house with a bunch of sweet friends who said that they would give up their Saturday and unpack our house. And so I pulled into our driveway and as I come and I'm getting um, the little ones out of their car seats, I see a little boy that's two doors down from our house outside playing basketball with his sister. And I just thought, oh, how amazing. He's so typical looking. I mean, he just was shooting hoops, having fun, laughing. And I just watched him because in my heart so badly, I wanted it to be him. I wanted it to be my dream come true. But I watched him and, and everything about him was normal. And so I, I thought, okay. And so the ball rolled out into the street and he ran after it. And I'm kind of unbuckling Seth and I'm watching, please. He turned around and he looked at me and he waved. And he smiled at me with the same eyes that my son has. And he laughed and he smiled and he said, hi. And, and I just said, hi. And time froze and I couldn't breathe because it was the boy from my dream playing basketball right next door with his sister. So I ran inside and Joel's head was under a washing machine trying to connect it. <laughs> and I couldn't make sense of my words. And I just said, Joel, I said, the boy, the dream, Down syndrome, basketball, outside, come on. And so we ran outside together and we watched him play. And we cried together, I think out of absolute astonishment and humility that the Lord would show that to me. He didn't owe me that. And Joel said that to me in that moment. I'll never forget it. He said, God did that for you. He did it for you. He didn't owe you that. That was a gift, Em. And it was. And I can tell you, never in my life have I ever felt like I was more bullseye, dead center in the middle of the Lord's will, right where he wanted me to be. And such peace that followed from that moment and those days and those weeks that, that came, knowing that he handpicked that place for us. Maybe it felt like a rushed decision. Maybe I had a hard time trusting and having faith that it could be the place. We quickly developed a sweet friendship with that family. And she became my manual for all things Down syndrome that I needed. She was my resource for school, for therapy, for doctors, for everything, for behaviors, you name it. She was my, um, my help. And I think what was so sweet of all of, the, of, of all of this was that the Lord showed me so crystal clear that He cared about me. He heard every anxiety, whether I've wasted or not. He knew every fear that I said. He heard every conversation that I had with friends, all the worries. He was there with me when I was up in the night and I couldn't even put two words together to pray. He knew I was an overwhelmed mother and I needed support. And He wanted to give me a good gift because that's who He is. He gives good gifts and He is a loving Heavenly Father and He wants to do that for us. He showed me that He, he cares about every detail of my life. So like I said, such peace followed in those days and, and weeks to come. I think kind of an overwhelming new sense of humility in how big he is and how small I am, but that yet he saw me where I was and he wanted to minister to me. It made me so much more aware of how his hand is working and orchestrating 
literally every detail of our lives. Nothing goes out from his watch. Nothing goes away from his care. I love Psalm 23. I love every verse in that in that chapter, but I love um, particularly for this story. Psalm 23, 3, it says, He restores my soul. He leads me on the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The Lord did this for his glory, that he would be glorified, that we would all see and proclaim, wow, God is amazing. He did great things. I also love the verse Colossians 1, 17. For he, God, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Something else that this moment did for me is it really increased my faith. You know, it's one of those times when your faith, my faith became sight. It increased my faith, and that spurred me on and moved me towards praying bigger prayers and asking God for bigger things. There is nothing too big for him. We've all heard this our whole life, but it's so true. There's nothing that he cannot do. I love the um, the hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy praise. We sang it in church this Sunday. Um, the second verse is my absolute favorite. It says, Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come. And I know by thou good pleasure safely to arrive at home. I'm prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. But here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. The word Ebenezer at the beginning of that one is a weird word. And we all know it, I guess, from Christmas with Ebenezer Scrooge. It's really a great word because it means um, stones of help. And the Webster's Dictionary describes it as a commemoration of divine assistance. And I have called this an Ebenezer moment in my life. Context on that word and why it became what it is. In 1 Samuel, um, in the Old Testament, the Israelites were fighting the Philistines. They'd been defeated by them twice, and they were going into battle with them one more time. And Samuel came before the Lord, and he prayed. He said, God, give us help. Give us victory over this. And the Lord did. And the Israelites defeated the Philistines in battle. And in 1 Samuel 7, 12, it says, Afterwards, Samuel took a stone, and he set it upright between Mizpah and Shin, and he named it Ebenezer, explaining, The Lord has helped us to this point. So his altar, the purpose of that, was for people to look at it and to remember, this is what the Lord has done for us. So this is one of the Ebenezer moments in my life. And it's a stone set to remember the Lord's divine help in his divine intervention in Emily's life. And I need this Ebenezer because I forget. I forget the good things that he's done because life gets in the way, because I want what she has, because I become discontented, because my people need things from me and I get exasperated and I get tired and I get impatient. I start looking in on myself. I start focusing on um, me and my needs, and I forget to keep my eyes focused on the Lord and what He's done. I believe the Lord gives us Ebenezer's to share with each other because it builds the church. It increases our faith. I think it's important that when we have these moments that we share them, I think that's why Storytellers is such an incredible ministry because it's an opportunity to share what the Lord has done so that our faith might be increased, so that um, we might be encouraged. I think the Lord gives us Ebenezer's also so that His name will be glorified here on the earth. The Lord is jealous for His glory. He is jealous for His name to be higher and to be honored above all things in this world. Because that's, that's who He is. Psalm 23.3 again, He leads me on paths of righteousness for His name's sake. May God be glorified. 
I just pray that today this strengthens your faith. And I've been praying for you um, in the days leading up to this or anybody that hears it, that your faith is increased and that you can see in your own life, because we all have our own stories. We all have our own worries and our anxieties and our fears. To see that the Lord is, is working out every detail of that for you. He is a loving Heavenly Father, and He gives really, really good gifts, and He wants to give that to you. Pray that this also encourages you to pray big prayers and ask the Lord for big things, because He is real. It's not just something we go through. He is alive as you and I are, and He loves you, and He wants to care for you. So may I pray for you as we wrap up. Lord, thank you for this Ebenezer, Lord. Thank you for your help. Thank you that you care for every detail of my life and of the lives of these women, Lord, today. Thank you that you have nothing left that's not under your watch and under your care, Lord. Everything is orchestrated. Everything is with your permission, Father. I pray that we would trust that. I pray that we would trust your will for our life. I pray that we would walk through open doors. And Lord, you don't owe us a sign. You don't ever owe me another one, God. I know that all you ask is that I would have the faith of a mustard seed. And I know that's really, really small. Lord, I pray that you would give us faith to trust you and to believe you. We thank you, God, for your goodness. And we praise you. And we ask that you would be glorified in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I said in the beginning that I love this story because of Emily's dream. And I don't know why dreams are just a thing for me, whether it's God does give me dreams when I sleep, and he, that is one of the ways He speaks to me. And so I'm always so drawn to that, as well as just dreaming about the future. And so to hear Emily's story that God gave her a dream, literally, that was life, is amazing to me that He does that, that He speaks to us in these ways that, I mean, to the T, that was what happened. And so often we have these dreams, and then we just discount them. You know, kind of like when she was telling her husband about it, he was like, you're really, you're tired. <laughs> you're tired. <laughs> but then, you know, I've I thought that, that God gave her three gifts, you know, in the spirit of Christmas, you know, you think of three <laughs> gifts. And I love that he gave her the three gifts as far as not only the dream, but the woman who came to look at their house. And then also um, the lady in the restaurant mm -hmm. with her daughter that had Down syndrome. But, you know, another thing that she spoke about is just... This idea that I think we so often forget is that God sees us. Mm -hmm. She said at one time, he knew that I was an overwhelmed mother who needed support. God sees you if you're that overwhelmed mother right now. Cry out to him. And I love how she just put it into prayer. And then God gave her those gifts. Yes. And we all can relate to being an overwhelmed woman, period. Yes. Whether you're mm -hmm. a mom, whether you're single, anything, we've all had those moments. And, you know, as she, as she said, just having that moment, that Ebenezer moment, referencing First Samuel, knowing that his hand orchestrated every detail, because she was able to look back and remember those stones of help, those stones of remembrance. I didn't know that Ebenezer meant stones of help. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that we talked about in our family for a long time is just stones of remembrance. And I don't know that we've used the word Ebenezer with our kids, but some friends of ours long time ago literally got a pile of rocks mm -hmm. and wrote on them and put them in a jar. And it really encouraged us years ago. And, and we'll do that on an occasion of just what has God done this year? What has he done? You know, we're coming up on the end of the year. It's a great thing to do to look back on 2021 and, and to see what God has done just in this year. 
we want to encourage you to to spend some time with the Lord and maybe you journal, maybe you actually get some rocks and and gather those in your circle together and you know come up with where has God shown up in my life? Where is he showing me that he loves me, he sees me and that he is orchestrating the details. So as the Christmas season progresses, spend some time doing that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening. Emily, we are so thankful for your story. And friends, we hope that y'all were as encouraged and inspired as we were to look for God all around you and where he's moving. And in the season of Christmas and in the season of giving gifts, we're going to ask that you give us a gift. And that is to go to wherever you listen to our podcast, whether it's Apple or whether it's Spotify, and write a review and rate our podcast. That's how people find us. They read the, we read the reviews, first of all, and we are so thankful, but so do other people. And they can know if they stumble across our podcast, what they're going to be listening to. And so thank you so much for listening today. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.